And welcome to the very first CGM Radio Crosstalk, where the hosts of the CGM Radio Network unite for a discussion of the hottest news items of the day. I am Ryan Holland, host of World News Brief, and with me, just in case you're not listening on World News Brief, with me is Bob Siegel of The Bob Siegel Show and JP from JP's Political Matrix. Gentlemen, welcome to our inaugural Crosstalk episode. Great to be here. Glad to be here. I am thrilled. This is something I've been dreaming about doing for a long mm-hmm. time to have the host get together and do something like this. So uh, before we jump into the topic of the day, which is, of course, the globe quaking news of Supreme mm. Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg's passing, I'd like for each of us to share a little bit about ourselves and our shows, just a, a few quick blurbs, uh, just in case our listeners who are all getting this same show uh, have not heard us before. So, Bob, if you would, introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your show. Yes. Well, I am a Christian apologist. That's one who gives people reasons to become a Christian. We defend the Bible academically as opposed to it being about blind faith. But we also uh, defend the Bible against uh accusations we defend the bible morally and ethically when when for example i I just did a whole show the one uh, for monday where people were accusing the bible being a racist book and a book that promotes slavery and i'm just showing how that's not really true i live in san diego unlike these two guys this show's coming from texas so if my voice over zoom (laughs) sounds a little less polished or reverberated than theirs you can listen to me on my own show that I record from my own studio and hear my voice the way the good Lord intended for it to be heard. Absolutely, with a <laughs> with a audio mixer and over a high high tech uh, microphones there. But uh, but yeah, I should have should have mentioned that Bob is coming at us from San Diego via, via Zoom, and JP and I are here. Uh, here in the Houston area. And of course, you can subscribe to Bob's show at cgmradio.com slash Bob. You can do that there or just search for the Bob Siegel Show in your favorite podcasting app. And you can do the same with JP, cgmradio.com slash JP or look up JP's Political Matrix. JP, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and your show? All right, fellas, I am excited. This is a lot of fun. Crosstalk is going to be a great show. Yes, my show, JP's Political Matrix, Uh, You can find that at cgmradio.com as well and subscribe. I really take a look at politics and kind of different angles. Uh, Common sense uh, point of view is the way I like to say it. And uh, take uh, the hottest topics going on. I drop on Tuesdays. Uh, Hope to see that increase at some point. But right now we're trying to focus in. I pick uh, uh, stories and we go in with a common sense, like I said, flair. I've got six children married to a my beautiful bride. We live in the North Houston area, and uh, we are proud Texans. Excited to live and uh, breathe here in the the great state of Texas, and that's where uh, uh, CGM Radio has been founded. And we're blessed to have such great people like Bob Siegel, uh, even <clears throat> in California. I, I, I didn't believe he was there. I didn't think they existed there. Biblical. <laughs> Christian apologetics, but I, I, yeah, I, well, I'm just God can do miracles here on Zoom, and we haven't been allowed to exist anywhere else. So. <laughs> yeah, that well, boy is that true? Yeah, it's, uh, things are a little I'm different. Waiting in for them to make us wear masks on Zoom too. That's that's the next. Uh, uh, drop uh, well, I, yeah, I actually think they're doing that. Uh, uh, this is just an example of how much fun we can so have on the show. You say it as a joke, but it can't I, keep I, up. But really you can't keep up because I I believe yes, I believe they actually 
have done that to students at some college somewhere I read. And that's absolutely. So that they can be an example to the others. Yes. I suppose, I suppose you're right. They're yes. an example. Yeah, so. absolutely. Well, guys, let me just introduce myself real quick. I'm Ryan Holland. I host World News Brief here on the CGM Radio Network as well. And I basically take the most important, most impactful, most relevant world events, world news, and I summarize them in a weekly show that is that comes out on Fridays. And so if you're interested in just kind of the top world news from the past week, it's not always an up-to-the-minute, you know, the latest news that happened, you know, one minute before I start recording, but it is a, a summary, almost kind of like a world history summary in a sense of the past week. Uh, that is, uh, that's world news brief, so we hit the headlines, and then sometimes I'll go into a deep dive on a particular subject or, and that sort of thing. You can also subscribe to that on cgmradio.com. So, all right, gentlemen. <clears throat> Now that we all have been kind of introduced to our uh, fellow audiences, the uh, what really uh, caused me to want to to really kind of pull the trigger and ask you guys if we can pull this thing together is, of course, the passing of Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg. All of us, I'm sure, probably got a text or got a Fox News alert on our phone or. A, or saw on a Facebook post, and we're like, whoa. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. You're the first one I called. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know how, how I found yeah, out. Fact, I text, Ryan was the first one I texted when I heard the news. Yeah. yeah. It, it, was, it was unbelievable. I think we were all just shocked. Mm -hmm. As if 2020 could get any more insane, 45 days before an election, we have the passing of a Supreme Court justice. So... I guess one of the things that I think of, you know, cross-global media is specifically, it is a, it is a Christian uh, podcasting, Christian radio network. And so I think it, it's good because it's very easy, and I don't blame us for quickly thinking of the political ramifications. Everybody does. I mean, if we're being honest, everybody thinks of the political ramifications yep. immediately, <clears throat> whether they say or they grandstand or they moralize or not. You do. You just simply do. That being said, though, I think a, a lot of us might be wondering, how should we respond when something like this happens? Someone passes, such as Ruth Bader Ginsburg, who we understand has been a bulwark against the uh, overturning of like Roe v. Wade, which has resulted in the death of legal death of 60 mm. million or mm. so unborn children. So, uh, Bob, I want to throw this to you first, if you if you don't mind, our resident uh, apologist and and theologian. How should a Christian, in light of all of that, how should a Christian think about uh, the passing of someone such as Ruth Bader Ginsburg? Well, first of all, I heard the news or, or first became aware of the news on Facebook. And one of my Facebook friends was just shouting yippee and just celebrating and just really excited that she was dead. And I, I don't think we need to pay that kind of disrespect to the woman. Right. I, on the other hand, I keep hearing about what a great person she was. And it is true from everything I've heard that in terms of civility, she was good friends with Scalia, even though they didn't agree on anything. And I, I appreciate in this day and age, somebody who can disagree with civility. So there was a lot of kindness that emanated from her persona. Uh, people talk about how impressive she was, that she was uh, one of the first women to get on the Supreme Court, not the very first uh, I, I could maybe be impressed with who she was in the past, but there's a point where we have to put a cap on it. And I say, okay, I'm sad for her family. She did seem like a nice woman in a lot of ways, but you just said it, Ryan, when we're 
overturning things that are going to save the lives of babies. And let's face it, all of us as Christians believe that the unborn baby is every bit as much of a baby, but it's even gotten to the point where babies who have been born as a result of botched abortions or uh, so late term that it's, it's already viable, even if technically it's not out of the womb, as if geography decides whether you're alive right. or not. And when you keep this in mind, I'm sorry, but okay, yeah, maybe in some way she was a good person. All of us as sinners have a good and a bad side. But boy, this was a woman who was very much, not alone, but very much part of the responsibility of not getting overturned something that's just barbaric. The idea of anybody, including mothers, participating in the death of their own children. Now, I know there are a lot of women yeah. who've had abortions and have come to conclude that it's wrong and God is forgiving. So I want to add that part too. We're not, Amen. we're not here as Christians to condemn people, right. but to forgive. But when we get into the political realm, we, mm -hmm. we've got to just even agree as to what is wrong and what is right and what is sin and what is not sin before we can start talking about forgiveness. So, okay. Is her death sad? Yes. But I'm not one of these that's going to say, so she's just a one, such a wonderful person. I, I, I don't want to watch a, bunch of specials about how great somebody who participated i be it vicariously in the death of so many children that's where i am at. well i i agree with you uh, entirely it's jp and i will say as we go around and discuss uh the these different points of views i think you're absolutely right uh, you're going to see by the way bob uh, i'm sorry to say uh many many specials about how wonderful a person and, and, and the yes. Ruth Bader Christmas special. Oh, it's it's coming. It's going to be <laughs> I guess a Hallmark. It'll, have to be the Hanukkah special. Uh, it'll be a Hallmark Hall of Shame. It'll be there. And <laughs> what we'll what we'll see is, uh, yeah, yeah. But uh, you know, she did share with Scalia. I think they they appreciated the the finer things in life. They appreciated opera. I, I think that they both had an, uh, an affinity towards opera, mm. and yeah, they sure did. I don't. So, but I really don't either. So that says. And so, Hitler, uh, Hitler loved the forest, and he loved his dog Blondie. Oh, so there's a point wow. where we just right. Do you do you see the? Do you see? But do bad as Hitler? But gosh, <laughs> do you see the emotional bad. play there? Though I mean, I can make her into this wonderfully. Uh, civil person. But then I think that history will look back and I don't know how long or why it's taking so long, but history will look back and say, you use the great word uh, barbaric and absolutely they're going to say, well, hold on. You've got these third world countries that don't do such things. <laughs> and here we are, the United States of America, and we allow it. it it's really, uh, and at this point we have filtered down, I think, to a complete good versus evil. It is really getting clearer and clearer, and the sides and the line is being drawn, and it is very becoming very evident that there is a good versus evil happening in this world, probably more than any time I've ever witnessed. And and all that to say that uh, back to Ginsburg, uh, <clears throat> you know the ruthless RBG, uh, you know, <laughs> be, you know, and and her passing. I mean, yeah, we feel we feel the empathy towards her family, and I will tell you. By the way, this brings up something else. Uh, Donald Trump, the video of him when he first heard the news oh, wow. is absolutely, you saw that, right? It oh, was yeah. it was really, uh, I even posted something that said, hey, just take a look at his eyes. And he truly was empathetic. And and I'm not going to, you know, you, Ryan, you said it. You said folks are going to politicize this or, or immediately your thoughts go one way or another. My thought immediately, it, it, it went to 
it went it politicized it. I, I literally I called you and it wasn't out of sadness. I mean, I'm just being square, buddy. That's I just know. how I, I felt. I understand. Because we're so everything is so political right now. It, it's it's it, everything you hear or see and, and, and you think immediately, what are the ramifications of this? And this for and, and I think it does tie in, though, to the Christian perspective of uh, of of, you know, abortion. It just it just it's automatic for us that that's where we go, you know. And so back to Trump showing empathy. People didn't see that part. It is unbelievable how these opportunities are are arising and Donald Trump is coming out at each opportunity looking better than he did before because that's one of their big things. He's not empathetic, right? Oh yeah. And I wasn't empathetic necessarily with my first reaction because I, I I honestly immediately after I I smiled and I didn't mean that bad. I I mean, I felt for her family and that, but, but immediately I, I thought it was a, it was a, it was more of a save the, the children mindset. You know sure. what I mean? So sure. it was a yeah, happy absolutely. that, okay, we might be able to see abortion abolished. And and by the way, uh, you said something earlier uh, about that. Um, and, and I'll let you mention it ag- again, but uh, it had been well, Shapiro. Well, yeah, really. yeah. I mean, I'll let you talk about that. But, I, you know. But yeah, I, I think from, from a Christian perspective, we, you know, one. I think to kind of summarize, we, we empathize with the family. We empathize. Yep. You know, one of the things that I thought of, I was like, man, I wish I had prayed for her more. You know, um, that's something that I had thought of. I wish I had prayed for the court more. Um, and so maybe that's a reminder for me and for us to, to, to pray more. You know, empathize with, with her family, but then also understand that, that, I mean, really, there are millions and millions and millions of lives that, that are, are at stake. Now, we know that if Roe v. Wade were overturned, which interestingly, and I'd like to get y'all's take on this as mm. well, now that y'all there, the Texan coming out of me, I'd like to get you guys' take on it also is um, Ben Shapiro came out today. Well, it was on his show. He came out and he said that he does not think, even if Trump selects a solid constitutional conservative, in his mind, Roe v. Wade will not be overturned. The only justice right now on the bench, even out of the conservative ones that he thinks will um Overturn would vote to overturn Roe v. Wade would be Clarence Thomas. He doesn't think Alito would. Uh, any of the other guys would. So I'm I'm curious. I mean, do you, is this if Trump puts a strong constitutional conservative justice on the court, is is the overturning of Roe v. Wade uh, a possibility? Well, we can always start by saying with God, all things are possible, and there can always be a miracle, and God could soften somebody's heart. Pending that. I would say no. And that's because I'm just looking at the history of the Supreme Court in our lifetime. The conservatives, when they get there, tend to move more toward the left. They tend to worry about what the New York Times editorial page is going to write about them. There's somehow this idea that if you're a conservative, you're going to have this bias, whereas really the bias that the conservatives state that they have is that they believe that they should go to the original intent or accurate literal reading of the Constitution not legislate from the bench, not get any of this nonsense of the Constitution's a living, breathing document, which mm-hmm. is just code for right. saying we're going to make it say whatever we want it to say. Exactly. And we get conservatives that say they're going to do that. And then when they get on, we have seen conservatives move more and more and more to the left. Look at Kennedy, who was the swing voter 
for years, he made decisions based on what side of the bed he was going to get out of it. Or so it seemed. <laughs> True. Yeah. And yet he was known as a conservative <laughs> when he got on. Uh, Robert seems to want to do the same thing. He talks about needing to protect mm. the integrity of the court. He's the one that gave that ridiculous statement. We don't have Republican or Democrat judges just judges. Oh, would that that were true. That was a very accurate statement of the way the Supreme Court is supposed to right. be. It was right. a completely inaccurate statement of the way the Supreme Court is. If people really believe that, then why are they having a cardiac arrest that Trump well, might yeah. point to? <laughs> and, and, and John Roberts, I, I still think there's a conspiracy out there. They've got something on that guy. But <laughs> I have a little bit of a different take. I believe, uh, Bob, that we may not see it overturned per se. Uh, I'm not sure how this would play, but basically this is bad law. Push it back to the States. So is that an overturning of it? I don't know. Is it? Well, technically what Roe v. v. Wade, what Roe v. Wade was, was no longer allowing the States to <clears throat> right. have it in their own hands. Cause at that time, if I'm correct me, if I'm mistaken, and I believe we had some States where abortion was legal and some mm -hmm. where it was illegal so overturning Roe v. Wade would just push it back to the states. That right. would, that's what that means. Right. And I agree there's a better chance of that happening than making it illegal. You know, that, that's, and, I, and I think but, exactly. Yeah. I think that's that, I think that's what people are, are getting their wires a little bit crossed. They're not understanding that when we say overturn uh, that they do think made illegal when in fact. And I think we'd all agree this is a big, huge step in the right direction would be to have it sent back to the states and then the states make the decision because all of a sudden now it becomes a local issue and those local authorities that have to run every two, four years are all of a sudden accountable. And there is no, you know, big, um, you know, big, uh, I guess, uh, uh, hiding place, if you will, you know, I can kind of, right. Oh, it the becomes vote's a going, local the issue. votes going this way. Okay. Then I'll just kind of throw my vote against it because it's going to pass anyway. You know, I'll hide behind the votes, you know, that kind of thing that doesn't exist at the local level. They'll go in and go, mm. uh, no, sir. And they'll pull you out and put someone else in. And as we all know, abortion is not this great thing that Americans dream of and are hoping that more of them will happen every single day unless you're a liberal Democrat. Yeah, unless you're kind of a far left. Exactly. Yeah, so if it gets overturned, it means it's illegal in Texas and still legal in California. Basically. Yeah, I mean, people that really wanted abortions could get them. Now, that being said, right. people that don't have the money, the poor populations that, interestingly, these abortion clinics are mostly in, it would be harder for these poor people to travel to some other state, to California or something like that, if you're not in California, and to be able to to be able to get these abortions. And I mean, and we know, and we don't need to get into the whole history of Planned Parenthood and all that, all that. But Margaret Sanger, I mean, she was a eugenicist. She did want the poorer populations, to, uh, the the minority populations, the black mm -hmm. populations, mm -hmm. to be extinguished. One reason why these are in the poorer populations, and so I think they want to protect Roe v. Wade because, yeah, the people that they, I mean, at least originally wanted to extinguish the most. Would it would become that much more difficult for them to actually get those abortions? Yeah, and don't don't forget, Margaret Sanger not only believed in eugenics, she consulted with Hitler's eugenicist, wow. and then distanced herself from him after World War II was over, and they found the concentration camps. 
But we want to remind our audiences how the Democrats feel about state rights. When it's a sanctuary state, when it's a sanctuary city, when they're bucking any kind of federal law, we're going to hear all these wonderful platitudes about how the United States is supposed to be a republic yep. of, of 50 separate republics. But then when they talk about states' rights with something like abortion, oh, no, federal law, the law of the it's land. Amazing. So they always talk out of both sides of their mouth. Yeah. States' rights mean whatever Democrats decide they mean. Okay, and speaking sure. of talking out of both sides of their mouths, I want to talk about the top two contenders that uh, that are out there. I think there's a third one. I'm not sure who the third one is, but I know the top two, Judge Amy Coney Barrett, uh, she's currently serving on the Seventh uh, Circuit U.S. Court of Appeals. She is, uh, what, about 47, 48 years old. And then uh, Judge Barbara Lagoa, she's, uh, she was born in 67, former Florida Supreme Court Justice, appointed in 2019 by Governor Ron DeSantis, and the first Cuban-American to serve on that court. Uh, she was nominated to the 11th Circuit by Trump in October 2000. 19. So you have, uh, uh, you know, Barrett, she's a Catholic mom, seven kids, Seventh Circuit U.S. Court of Appears, Judge Barbara Lagoa, uh, but a minority, so a Cuban immigrant woman on the 11th Circuit right now. My, my question is, we saw what we saw what happened with Gorsuch, and that it was kind of child's play a bit with Gorsuch, and we all know why, I think, is because they were they were saving it for the next guy, right? And, and we were correct in that. When it came to Kavanaugh, he was just, I mean, the worst human being uh, to ever crawl out of the, uh, of the slimy goo, the primordial goo. And uh, it, was, it was, but, you know, he was a white male, right? So, of course, a white male is, is going to, with the, the racist Democrats, they're going to treat him. He's like, he's the worst thing ever. And so, the, but now here you have a, a, two moms, mm. you have a, a a white woman, and you have a Cuban woman, a minority. And so the question is, how do you guys think that surely, surely, right, surely the Democrats will, whoever is picked here, right, these are protected classes, a woman or minority, surely they're going to treat them with the utmost respect and give them a fair shake. Right. Right? Absolutely. Yeah, just, just Absolutely. As surely Clarence Thomas <laughs> was African-American and surely the Democrats weren't going to go after an African-American. Absolutely not. And there's no surely with the Democrats. It doesn't matter that they're women. It doesn't matter that one of them's a minority. If they have to invent a story that they went in and held up a 7-Eleven and sabotaged the Slurpee machine, <laughs> they will come up with anything they possibly can. It's not going to matter. They'll go after them with full throttle. That's well, my opinion. It, this you you named two, wasn't there a uh, has it it's gone from five well they're, they're, shortlist to two. Are you just saying? No, no, well, I hey, know there's these are the top two that we believe he's going to. Yes, to... These are, they could be a third one, but it looks like it's one of these two from my okay. from what I've seen in the news. Okay. Um, and, and Bob, unless you have some further insight on that, I, I don't. And I know they float names as trial balloons, yep. so that if there's something that was overlooked in any background check, it might surface. Uh, it all, it right. gives them yes, it gives them the out. They always right. have the out, right? And they'll 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 uh, throw those names. They'll all in all, I believe that evening, I bet you the minute he heard, he stepped on that plane, Air Force One, and he was making phone calls. He they 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 they, they weren't waiting. They're not. They were immediately 
uh, calling on sure. uh, those individuals and deducing through whatever. I'm certain they've already gone through background checks. I sure. mean, they're they, they've yeah. they've done their due diligence on th- this shortlist for sure. So, guys, I want to actually. Uh, so, it's looking like Friday or Saturday. We're doing this show on Mondays, uh, Monday night, September twenty first, Tuesday morning. Um, when we're, we're we're dropping it, um, September twenty second, Trump has come out and said the list is down to five people. It's looking like Friday or Saturday. Let's hear there from the is. president himself uh, this morning on Fox and Friends. You said you'll make the announcement this week. Can you tell us more about that? Will it be the beginning of the week? What day? I think it'll be on Friday or Saturday, and we want to pay respect. We uh, it looks like it looks like. Uh, we will have probably services on Thursday or Friday, as I understand it. And I think, you know, due respect, we should wait till the services are over mm-hmm. for Justice Ginsburg. And uh, so we're looking probably at Friday or maybe Saturday. I'm honestly shocked that he's waiting that long. <laughs> I, 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 I expected something Monday, Tuesday. You know, one thing to consider is we're, we're wondering what kind of dope they're going to try to get on these women they may just keep it all about Trump. When you listen to Pelosi, all but uh, wink, wink, nod, nod, that they might try to impeach him yep. just for executing his constitutional duty. When Alexandria right. Ocasio-Cortez talks about the fact that it was Ruth Bader's dying wish that only a liberal supporter. And they they may just stall these nominations uh, to the best of their ability saying we don't have anything against these women. It's just the audacity of what Donald Trump did. And that might be a way to get around that. But again, I wouldn't put it past them to find what they can on the actually, women. Actually, help me understand. Correctly put, make things up. And, and help me understand, though, how, how is the House able to do that? What the House would try to do is start impeachment proceedings. It wouldn't have anything to do with the Senate confirmation technically. But they're... They'll do everything they can with Trump. Yeah, Look so, at what they've tried to do so far. I mean, it is, it's absolutely incredible that they would simply use impeachment as a tool in order to stop a Supreme Court nominee. It's a, but let's, let's, let's listen they, to they've the— They've been emboldened. If they can impeach him over a phone call, they can impeach yeah, him over it, the it's Supreme amazing. Court nominee. That's it's, the way they're thinking. They've been emboldened. Well, let's listen so. to uh, Nancy Pelosi herself on that very Do thing. we have to? I know. Sorry, go it, ahead. It is, it is <laughs> a possibility. But if like they, they say in the Godfather, this is the business we have chosen that, for That ourselves. you and the, the House could move to impeach President, President Trump or Attorney General Barr as a way of stalling and preventing the Senate from acting on this nomination. Well, we have our options. We have arrows in our quiver that I'm not about to discuss right now. Uh, but the fact is, we have a... Okay, that's, an, she, that's, that's all that's I can all handle. Good Our job. forefathers turn in their graves every time she opens her mouth. By the way, by the way, exactly. That's code for, we have no idea how we're going to battle this, but we're going to do whatever we can do. We're going to figure it out. We're going to whatever. <laughs> I, I mean, she should have come out and immediately said, no, impeachment is a sacred process only used in, in the most uh, extreme circumstances when a president <laughs> has violated... I, has, I, I know, that's what she should be able to say. Obviously, oh, she can't, given what happened earlier this year, but it, it's just And she just left that door wide open. <clears throat> what, if mm-hmm. there was any doubt, any doubt 
whether or not the Democrats use impeachment as a political weapon, that was it. And that was proof. It's unbelievable. Well, the it's other a, thing is all is these threats that we're exactly getting about is. how there's going to be riots if, if, the, if he goes ahead with this. But they, they're going to be riots anyway. So right. People forget. They're well, going to do yeah. what they're going to do anyway. They are. And that's why I was I don't have the the Brit, the Brit Hume audio, but I don't know if you guys saw a Brit, Brit Hume on Fox News a few days ago or, or heard the clip. But he basically came out and said that the Republican, the Republicans should not do this. We've been torn apart. It's just going to tear the country apart even more if we do this. So we need to refrain and we need to wait until after the election. And my, I mean, my, when I heard that, my initial response was, I thought it was the policy of the United States government not to negotiate with terrorists. And, and right. that's, that's the same kind of feel I get. If you nominate and you push forward with the Supreme Court pick, we're just going to, we're going to continue to burn it down. We're going to continue to destroy it. And, and if we start bowing the knee before these, uh, before these tyrants, I'm sorry. It's over as a Republican. We're not going to go forward with our constitutional. He has a constitutional duty and a right to do this. And they say if you if and we need to not do this because they could you know burn things down. I'm sorry. The country's already torn apart. Well, well they're, they're already burning things down. They're already yeah, they claiming they're going to burn things down if Trump wins. So this this news about the Supreme Court pick it's not much different. And frankly, if Trump had another year in office, another whole year. And this happened, they'd be saying the same, same thing. thing. Exactly. There's nothing that they, the Republicans don't get it. They may as well just do what is right because nothing they do is going to get the New York Times to write a positive editorial page about them. It's not going to happen. Donald J. Trump is still the president of the United States. And I didn't see, I checked my watch, and sure enough, he still has time and he's still president. And that did not stop, his time did not end. When Ruth Bader Ginsburg passed away, his responsibility is still to nominate a replacement, and the Senate's responsibility is still to vote on it. And we have ample time. And nobody remembers the—who uh, was it? Uh, it? I think he was um, confirmed in 19 days. Uh, Justice Stevens, I believe. Yeah, I mean, we can, we can do it, and we can do it quickly. It's my understanding. Also, have you heard the montage of what the Democrats were saying when in Obama's last year he appointed, um, uh, what was his name, Garland? Yeah, Merrick Garland. Right. Merrick Garland. And you just listen to what there's. Now, granted, there's an inconsistency that the Republicans refused to give him a hearing. But frankly, I don't care. And I'll tell you why. The Democrats have told us that they will not accept the results of this election. That's right. Hillary Clinton has already told Biden not to accept defeat. That's why they're doing the mail-in balloting. They are planning. They're, they're expecting to lose. They're planning to cheat. They're using the mail-in ballots and that stupid COVID excuse. And then they're hoping it goes to the courts. And so if they're planning on settling this in the courts, then the Republicans have every right to say, we don't care what we did with Merrick Garland. If you're planning on this election being in the courts, and it's pretty clear that you are, then we're going to make sure we have a balanced court. Yeah. Well, you know, Mitch McConnell was very clear to say, I think it was on Brett Baer's show, that he brought clarity to what had been discussed. And when the Senate and the president 
when this occurs and those are both shared, the presidency and the Senate are shared by the same party, that there is a, there is a, a nominee and a confirmation that happens. Now, on the other side of that, when the Senate is held by Joe Biden, as it was, I believe it was under George Herbert Walker Bush, and he said, we're going to block anything you send. So it goes both ways. And by the way, wasn't it last year that the nuclear option was pulled off the table? I mean, the, the uh, filibuster. The filibuster was pulled out. They did that. And Mitch McConnell said, you are going to come to regret this maybe sooner rather than later. Yeah, they said that uh, back when— So it's a simple majority. Yeah, back when Harry, Harry Reid did that. Back. Yes, he Harry did Reed. that with lower appointees, and then uh, Mitch McConnell went ahead and did it with the Supreme Court. Yeah, because they were doing nothing but obstructing. That's there right. was no way. I, they were I wish to... they'd get rid of the filibuster for everything. Frankly, I think the filibuster is a pain in the royal. Well, uh, it is. It is what it is. But Obama in 2016 said, "When there is a vacancy on the SCOTUS, the president is to nominate someone." There's no written, or excuse me, there's no unwritten law that says that it can only be done on off years. That was Barack. Yeah, well, and he, has, he has a constitutional Obama. right to appoint, and the Senate has a constitutional right to not accept the appointment. That's yeah, and, and what's amazing? Well, what's a mandate? What's amazing it? is that you'll yeah. see like that that video Absolutely. with uh, Alexandria Ocasio Cortez saying that it's more important in AOC's head to honor the dying wish of a Supreme Court justice than it is to follow the Constitution, almost as if we have a responsibility to do what Ruth Bader Ginsburg asked us to do, as if the seat belonged to her and the seat didn't belong to the American people. But that is more important to her than following the Constitution, which should surprise none of us. But it's out there. It's blatant. Hmm. It's open. They've, they've admitted it. They Forget the Constitution. It does not matter to them, which is why we have got, got, got to fill that seat. Well, she probably took her civics from Bernie Sanders. Uh, she probably knows nothing about our Constitution. Yeah, most... Likely, I want to. I want to. Uh, I, I thought Trump had a great response actually to Nancy Pelosi opening the door to Im- impeachment if he moves ahead with the with the Senate uh, with uh, you know nominating a replacement. He said, "Quote: If I heard if I nominate, they're going to impeach me. So they're impeaching me for what constitutionally I have to do." If they yeah. do that, he said, if they do that, we win all elections. If they do it, I think my numbers will go up. I think we'll win the entire election. I think we're going I think we're going to win back the house. I think we're going to win back the house anyway. Um, but yeah, I'm, what what a point. Like they're they're impeaching me for what I constitutionally have the right to do. And I believe that if this election were a fair election, we're reaching the point where he would win by a landslide, but the Democrats are not playing it's going to be Tuesday night, Trump wins, and then, whoa, whoa, stop the tape, stop the tape. A truck just came in with 500,000 right. extra votes. By a miracle, they're all Democrat. Well, and you see That's states like first. Pennsylvania and Wisconsin already saying they'll, they'll take, you know, uh, postmarked ballots, you know, postmarked November 3rd in, in Wisconsin. And so you could see for days they're getting, you know, November 3rd, you know, postmarked 
ballots. It could it could be a week yeah. later. I mean, it's it's and same with with Pennsylvania. I think it's up to three days after. JP, you got something? Yeah, in, in Wisconsin, a judge just went ahead and ordered it, which shows again that the problem is this thing's going to be settled by judges. Right. No, I just found the the John Paul Stevens, uh, and I wanted to give some data on that. It was interesting. Uh, uh, William Douglas had retired, and uh, Gerald Ford had nominated John Paul Stevens, and he he came in, and after being um, uh, confirmed ninety eight to nothing by the Senate, ninety eight to zero, wow, by the Senate, nineteen days after his nomination, nineteen days. Yet they're 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 this. squealing about forty four days. Oh, we can't do that. Apparently, they forgot about this in nineteen seventy five. Which well, is crazy. They have such short memories or very long memories. Just depends on the issue. They don't have to draw it out like they did with the Kavanaugh. No. I, I don't know. I don't really understand why they drew it out like they did. Maybe maybe Bob has some insight on that that I don't. But my understanding they threw it out is the Republicans caved. They were just about done, and then all of a sudden, all this new stuff came in about oh, Kavanaugh. McConnell right, should have decided right. never to Give go a- along with it. But they get we'll the Republicans stay yeah. awake at nights worrying about how they're going to look to people. And I'm just waiting for Mitt Romney to open his mouth about this. He's been silent. Yet. <laughs> yeah, but boy, it's going to be fun when it does. We're going to hear the word inconscionable somewhere in there. <laughs> I think it's unconscionable that the president could be talking about this so soon. And then in his mind, he's thinking about his gig at MSNBC when he steps down as senator. Well, yep. and they have other tricks up there. I mean, Nancy Pelosi is right. They have more arrows in their quiver. Uh, Jerry Nadler, <laughs> Jerry, good old Jerry, good old Jerry, who actually said uh, there's video Nadler. of him from years ago saying that mail-in balloting is a, is a, just a recipe for voter fraud. But that's uh, look that one up. I promise you it's there. Uh, if Here's what he said. So there is there is more than one arrow in the quiver, at least if Senator McConnell and at Senate GOP were to force through a nominee during the lame duck session before a new Senate and president can take office, then the incoming Senate should immediately move to expand the Supreme Court. Just expand the Supreme Court. Yeah, just add seats. No problem. Just pack the court. That's a solution. Yeah, it's just, I, it, if the Democrats win this election, our country will never be the same. I mean... It, it's a, it is gosh you know it's every election it's, we, it, I, it, it well, is. people it's do say that the, every election but this time with the way they're talking about stacking the supreme oh, I agree. court yep uh they just if they have the presidency and the house and the senate in this election we are no longer the united states of america we'll, we'll it, still be called the united states of america but we won't be. And then it's either civil war or there's yeah. no more freedom. Well, I think it, and I think that's why it's going to be a landslide. There's not because there can't be any wiggle room. I believe it's going to be a landslide. I I believe that the silent majority is 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 more woke than ever before. I have never seen uh and, and I I'm starting to feel sorry for I God, I never thought I'd say that for Joe Biden because his wife hosted a car parade for him and three vehicles showed up <laughs> and it, 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 it's getting embarrassing that oh. his teleprompter uh, takes up more space in a room than the people that are there to hear him speak it's absolutely the anecdotal evidence is stronger than it ever was now let me tell you why 2016 donald trump ran and it was amazing the energy was off the chains he also was 
off the chains. He was like no other. He's the Energizer Bunny going from here to here to here to here, 3 a.m. giving a speech, and, and you know, Hillary is off. <clears throat> I'm sure it's a separate location from Bill, but <laughs> some, was somewhere during that time not doing much of anything. Social distancing for social the past dis- 30 years. Yeah they, yeah, they have. Yeah, they have on an island somewhere. But, oh. but, the, but the thing is... The, the the thing is that that now twenty twenty Donald J Trump has not just seen you know the, the the mass chaos feeding the silent majority energizing everybody to say all right uh, November fourth we need you to to like press a button somewhere and squash this send in the big guns send in the people that are going to put these people in jail charge them with felonies and move along but he has a record. That's the biggest thing. He has a record. His the RNC convention was the most Americana thing I've seen in in ages. I, I can't tell you it the was last wonderful. thing. It was, it was wonderful. Be, the most beautiful, chocked full of story after story, just Americana galore. American dreams coming true. And on the other side, you have all the negativity. At the same time, the riots were going on. It was a clear contrast. And so Donald Trump had promises made, promises kept. That was probably the most powerful theme throughout the RNC, and that, I think, set the stage for everybody to realize, whoa, the the accomplishments Mm. of Donald Trump in the face of no less than the entire freaking world going after him as far as media, world leaders, the Democrats, everybody throwing everything they had at him everything if if people don't think that god appointed donald j trump for such a time as now not to be our pastor but to be our president then they i I mean i tell you what there's more evidence for i mean it's incredible it 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 says an absolute lot (laughs) Uh, uh, says a lot about where we are but where we're headed and the, the help that we needed because he had the world against him, including what 17 other Republicans on a stage, and he came out victorious. It's it's really an amazing thing. Someday, it, it is. someday the world's gonna admit how amazing it is. Yeah. But the world can't. But until that day, they're going to realize what a miracle this really was. If Western civilization survives, he'll go down in history as at least one of the two greatest presidents we ever have, Lincoln being the other, if not the greatest. I do want to mention, though, that if he wins by a landslide, and I believe he could, watch for the mainstream media to say, boy, our polls showed that Biden was ahead. The fact that he won by such a landslide, that just proves more than ever that he fixed the election. Mm. Also, just one little thing to defend Joe Biden. Uh, He's a little more popular than you think. There actually is a Joe Biden fan club, and I understand both members are really nice people. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. Good for him. Good. He's got two people in yeah. the fan club. Ah, oh, it's well, just... He would have had three. Never mind. I'm not even going to yeah. say that. I'm sorry. My <laughs> but bad. No, yeah. I, I, the third I, one was sniffed, and then they left. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they were the, the third car in the parade, and they turned around. Um, yeah, they, got a, they got a flat. Yeah. No, I, I agree. Like, I... I when I step back and look, so I, I believe 100% that, that Trump is going to win this election. I don't know how he's going to win, but for me, and maybe this is the part of the show where maybe we can give a, a, a little encouragement. Uh, there's even some interesting uh, polling from the Truffle, uh, Trufflegar group. 
that was actually correct about the 2016 election where they kind of go the extra mile to get a very scientific uh, polling where it's showing him ahead and there's some other things in, like in the battleground states and stuff. I'll have links. to. By the way, all the, the stories that we reference or videos that we've talked about will be on the homepage at cgmradio.com, so make sure to make sure to check that out. But I, I guess for me, like if I truly believe that God has brought us to this point, which, which I do, which I do, I, I 100% believe there's some, it's a long story, uh, just my own personal journey in that respect, because I used to not believe that. I used to believe America was going to be over. Um, and, and I believe God changed my heart and he did things, whatever. But I guess the main thing that I would say is that if it's hard for me to believe, it would take a lot of faith, I guess, in a sense, for me to believe that God would bring us to this point after everything that we've gone through and then just kind of drop it, let Biden and, uh, I'm sorry, let Kamala Harris become president and then we're done as a nation. You know what I'm saying? To me, that doesn't, that doesn't make any sense to me. And, I, you know, I'm not a prophet. I'm not, I don't, you know, I don't have prophetic knowledge that he's going to win the election, like some people apparently claim, claim to at least. All I know is uh, th- this has been transformative. We talk about Trump on the world stage. So that's something that I, I follow fairly closely on World News Brief. And you're literally seeing... This guy had, like you're saying, JP, this guy had the world, he had the media and the world media against him. He had the Democrat Party against him. He has Republicans that are against him. He has, he had world leaders that are against him. Everything His stacked against him. His own cabinet has been against him. His own cabinet, very Boy, similar that's to... A, that's a great point. What's happened with, with Reagan, uh, similar <clears throat> things with even Reagan, with leaking and all mm. that. Reagan had to deal with leaks and all that garbage. But he's gone with the world against him. What has he done? He's changed the world. He's changed the world. You look at NATO. You look at USMCA. He got rid of the TPP. He got rid of these terrible trade deals. He um, is making peace in the Middle East. He's confronted China like a boss, like nobody could have fathomed. I just, I can't. I can't look at all of that and go, this isn't a loser. This isn't a loser. This guy, this guy's going to win. I don't know how. I don't know if it's going to be November 3rd or if it's going to be, you know, January 2nd. I don't know. Um, I don't know. But I, I believe he's going to win. Right. Yep. His ability to do those things is the reason they didn't want him in Washington. Because being right, a businessman, right. being beholding to nobody, being a bull in a China cabinet that talks sure. without a filter, thinks out loud, and just does what's logical. They knew they were going to. He was going to discover this deep state. So when he was elected, they had to come up with this plan to frame him because they could not allow themselves to be exposed. He was telling us that Washington was a swamp. He himself had no idea mm. how big the swamp was. He thought there was an alligator or two in there. He didn't know that swamp was the size of the Grand Canyon from top to bottom. Yeah, no question. Yeah, well, he, he definitely came into Washington, and everybody says, oh, you go to Washington, you are going to be changed, you're going to lean left, you're going, it's, it's, I don't know if it's a result of he not taking any dollars from anybody outside, so, you know, coming in these groups and then saying, okay, you owe us. He didn't do that, and he made it there through $30, $50, $100 gifts, and 
he, uh, who was it that said, it may have been Ivanka, said that Washington did not, did not change my father, but my That's father right. changed Washington, and it didn't stop there. He has changed the Republican Party. He has absolutely put a conservative face on what should have been a conservative Republican Party, but it has not been. And the rhinos are just, they have, they have <laughs> like cockroaches, disappeared out of the light. You can't <laughs> find them to save your life. Jeff Sessions, who? What is, is he? Is he with Paul Ryan? Are they playing 42? What, what are they up to? They're, they're doing something. Dominoes, cards. They, they just need to ride they're off into the sunset. They're just the sunset. That's See fine. you later. See you later. He didn't realize how deep the swamp was. You nailed it, Bob. He didn't realize there's more than gators in there, more than one gator. There is a whole bunch of swamp creature that you didn't even know existed, and it was in your cabinet. It was in the FBI. It has been all over the place. And he has slowly but surely... Not just the FBI, but the oh. CIA. It just goes on. Yes, you could not on write this for a on. spy espionage nope. movie and think and have oh, people believe Somebody's going to get rich off this thing. Well, I know Dean Cain is actually <laughs> doing a movie where he's playing Peter Stroke. And, uh, and they're using... And for the movie, it's to counter something they're doing on Showtime. Uh, they're doing like this... Comey uh, series on Showtime where they're making Comey out to be the saint. So uh, Dean Kane is with this this movie studio that's actually doing a counter mm-hmm. to that, but they're using exact text messages, using exact Ooh. transcripts. The whole thing Can't wait to see is that, that. no, it's there's no fiction. Love it. It's they're they're using all j- just straight up uh, the data. Um, but no, it's it's pretty amazing. So here so here we are, guys. Um, to kind of uh, to kind of wrap wrap things up one more thing yeah go ahead he's going to be reelected, and you want to know why, why? it's right here in front of us because the supreme court oh, vacancy right now that has occurred right in front of our eyes 45 days out is the exact reason that people were fired up it is reminding everybody mm-hmm. how important this election is if they didn't already know it is out there for everyone to see the media is covering this death aren't they now they're not covering his rallies but they're covering this, and this is going to get to every single household, and it's going to remind everybody how important these elections are. So Good I question. do believe it's going to just wake even more of that sleeping giant up. And again, he's got a record to run on. The enthusiasm is un, it's off the chain. I've seen flotillas. I've seen car rallies. Yeah. And not just car rallies. We didn't rallies. see this stuff I've in 2016. I've seen specialized car rallies. Latinos car rally. For Trump. I mean, it's just that specialized. It's not just a car rally. It's got to be the Latinos. And then they blow out the numbers. So it's it's people I've never seen so much on social media, because, of course, media won't cover it, of the the Blexit. It is it has grown and grown and it is becoming it is the new punk rock. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> a conservative black individual is the new oh, punk it's rock. It's a beautiful in thing to watch, it's man. Punk it's rocker. Beautiful. It's like, Candace this, Owens is phenomenal. She Just is. Phenomenal. She was. She was here in Houston this weekend and speaking to the young people, and and they said her her speech was off the chain, and she's just incredible. You are absolutely right. Well, and she is that that leading that charge has been phenomenal, and and you know uh, people just don't give her enough credit for for what she's uh, been able to do speak truth and life into yeah. those into that uh, 
That, oh, and they hate her. They they treat oh, her like gosh. Brett Kavanaugh. Oh, I mean, look, they've they've accused her of being a white supremacist. That's how crazy it gets. <laughs> That's why I'm saying have. that these nominees are not inoculated. Well, Candace Owens is a white supremacist. It's unbelievable. It is. It is. And she she actually what she has done is she has seen the effects of the Democrat Party on blacks for the past 60, 70 years, and she's speaking the truth about it, and they hate her for it because as she says, these white Democrats want to keep the black population on their plantations. I mm-hmm. mean, it just And you know what they don't have? You know what they've had for so long? They've had the ability to say, well, just give us, you know, we're going to do all this. We're going to do this uh, in the next 10 years, 15. Well, they don't. They've run out of time. They now are 50 yeah. years yeah. plus. It hasn't worked. With one man. One man who's running for president. He's been there 47 plus years and he's done nothing. He doesn't have a clue. And it's they just caught up with him. Poor guy. But. He's done nothing. They can look at one man and say, oh, really? Well, how'd that 50 years turn out for you? And he kept all of his great ideas to himself, and now he's forgot them. <laughs> <laughs> he was going to well, use you know, them. But- now they're telling people not to take Trump's vaccine when it comes out. When, they, when the vaccine finally comes out, Joe Biden's warning people not to take it. It's amazing. Meanwhile, in his mind, he's thinking, if I win this election, I will claim credit for that vaccine. Of course he oh, will. Oh, absolutely. Course uh, course because will. there can't be anything good that comes from Trump. It doesn't matter. Even peace in the Middle East. It's, you look at the media, and I've, uh, you know, the media that I saw as I was looking into that, which is, it, was incre- it was incredible just how, um, I, even you know, here at Rice University in Houston, I keep up with kind of the events going on there. And... Trump has peace, literally makes peace with two countries in the Middle East between those two countries and Israel. And the the uh, hmm. the Baker Institute webinar here at Rice University is, you know, challenges in Middle East policy hmm. is like the next event that they do about it. And you're just like, you know, that if if it was a Hillary Clinton that had done it, it would be, you know, let's all get together and worship Hillary. But I wanted to say one thing about why Trump is going to win. And why this actually just upped Trump's chances of winning significantly. You mentioned the base. Absolutely. It's going to fire up the base like never before. But secondly, this could very well go to the Supreme Court, right? I mean, if, there, if this is just, uh, just massive legal challenges, we could have a repeat of Bush v. Gore. Right. And it's, it's almost, to me, like Providence that this happened 45 days out so that seat could be filled so that when it... I don't know that this is what's going to happen. It's just a scenario. So that if it were to come to that, he would have a a reliable constitutional conservative on the Supreme Court that is not going to be interested in legislating from the bench. I'm just saying. Right, overturning an election, for sure. Yeah, yeah. No, hey, I agree. Uh, and, and so I think it's I think it's extremely extremely significant to have a, a five four conservative majority because Roberts is out he's not he's pretty much with 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 the left nope, he, he's, they've got something on that guy yeah that, or <laughs> yeah. something there's a conspiracy from, behind that but one. from what I understand he really didn't have a this big <laughs> long proven record even of of uh, judicial originalism uh, but. It is. He's not the first so-called conservative to move more to the left. In their True. minds, You're being right. on the left is being more objective, and being on the right is not. That's the way 
they start drinking the Kool-Aid when they get there. Yeah, and that's why they got to take the Supreme Court. They got to take the Supreme Court and they need to to move it to like Podunk, Montana or something like that. Get it the heck out of Washington, D.C. Get it out of the swamp and all of the 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 terrible influences mm-hmm. that are there so it can really be like a right. a, a separate a branch of government just away from all this oh, or, way too much politics in washington well you just said it separate branch of government it is not the it was never the purpose of the supreme court to interpret the constitution those words are not in the constitution that started with marbury versus madison which was a long time ago but it started this precedent that Thomas Jefferson said was dangerous, even though Marbury versus Madison ruled with him. He said the Supreme Court was not supposed to have that kind of power. Mm, they are supposed yeah. to be a third branch of judge, government and the highest court in the land. They are not supposed to be able to, pardon the expression, trump the other two branches of government and legislate from the bench. So we need to have some kind of discussion in this country about why the court was ever given this much power in the first place. Having said that, they do have the power. That's the reality of it. And so, yes, we need to have more conservatives on the Supreme Court. Amen. Amen to that. Well, guys, this has been uh, just uh, an incredible time. Yeah, I've enjoyed it. Yeah, it has been great. Uh, any any further parting words uh, before we go to wrap up episode one of uh, CGM Radio Crosstalk? Um, any, any, any final thoughts for the, for the listeners? My only final thoughts would be that I, I do completely agree that God has his hand on Trump. That is so evident. But when I think about God being in control, I also think about how many evangelical pastors have been compromising. And that causes me great concern because I believe God gave us a reprieve through Trump and an opportunity through Trump. But God will also let nations get the leaders they deserve. And he cares more about what the evangelical leaders are doing because those are actually part of his people, his church. So that that concerns me. But having said that, yes, I do believe God has his hand on Trump also. I think, Bob, you're, you're on to something. I have a little bit different take. I believe that the people of God are rising up, and there may be some uh, oh nervous Nellies in the pulpit. However, I do believe the people of God are rising up, and they're showing up, and they are um, understanding the discernment of God in their heart. They're being drawn in, and they understand what's going on, and I do believe that's happening. It's anecdotal, but I'm seeing it from uh, a lot of different angles. I'm seeing it from your backyard. I believe it was the, the in Sacramento, California, videos of thousands, an ocean of people praise and worship happening right there at the Capitol. These are people who can't go to church but are outside, and it is a praise and worship gathering like I've never seen. I'm jealous, and I'm in Texas. And I saw another one that formed at the beach spontaneously. Thousands of people praise and worship to maybe some acoustics, but it was a cappella mostly. But it was amazing. These videos are popping up all over the place, and I've never... I've never felt or seen, I think there's going to be, and I'm praying, and Ryan is too, this is on his heart as well, for revival in the land, and it's going to be allowed to happen, and Donald J. Trump is a conduit to that. That's why you witness 50 people of all different colors, shapes, and sizes sitting in the Oval Office, hands on him, praying. 
Yes. He's allowing somebody, that to occur. Yeah. And he's inviting and it in. Jim That's Garlo, why. Yep. I know one of those pastors personally, Jim Garlo, mm. who was pastor of my church for many years. And he says that mm -hmm. he believes that Trump's uh, interest in God and Christianity is very, very le legitimate. I I do think people are rising up. I I hope enough of them do to bypass uh, those evangelical pastors. I'd feel better if I saw a few pastors publicly repent of their compromise too. However, uh, once again, bottom line, I believe God has his hand on Trump. Amen. I believe Trump is going to win. Uh, I do believe that the Democrats will not accept that win, and then we'll see what happens. That we will. Let's so, pray it. Yeah, and so I think my final words, I think you guys would agree with me, would be let's pray and let's vote. <laughs> pray, Get your vote out. Vote. Yep. Bring you plus three. 80 people with you and vote. It's got to be a landslide. It's got to be an onslaught. You plus three. Take yeah. three people with you, everybody. You plus three. Except Hashtag those of you, you out there three. that are uninformed. <laughs> If people yeah, are don't forget and not following politics, yep. they should stay home and not vote. Those yeah. of you, those of you, do not forget to vote. If you vote for Joe Biden, do not forget to vote on November fifth. <laughs> Very good. All right. Well, I oh, think no. the Democrat polls will still be open on November fifth. Oh, that's true. That. Never mind. <laughs> uh, oh, great goodness. show, guys. All right, all right guys. Well, that'll do it yep. for episode one of all CGM right. Radio Crosstalk. Special thanks to Bob Siegel at the Bob Siegel Show and JP from JP's Political Matrix for joining me here at CGM Radio Studios. Be sure to check them out online. Go to cgmradio.com. You can find their shows, all three of our shows there, and other great CGM Radio shows as well. And we will be doing this again, I'm sure, in the not-too-distant future because there is so much news and, of course, I mean, with, with the this being really the most important election, I think, in our nation's history coming up, uh, there's going to be just a bazillion things to talk about. So let's do this again. So, Bob, JP, thanks again for coming on. Ryan, JP, it was a blast. Great to be Bob, here. Ryan, I enjoyed it immensely. Can't wait till the next show. Crosstalk. Looking forward to it. All right. God bless, guys. Take care.